Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So, uh, Taylor, Riley, how mm-hmm. are y'all doing? Listeners at home, I hope you're doing... You came in, in there, so I'll just, I'll just wait for you guys. You could do that thing like they do in, in Dora, like when she asks a, a question, mm-hmm. and then pause. like pauses, and then just says, great! <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm sorry... <laughs> this is actually that actually would probably feel a lot of need right now yeah you know people who are who are staying at home quarantining isolating need somebody to talk to hmm. we could create like one of those old have you seen those old like creepy vhs ones yeah 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 there's Justin like a, has shown me those before there's like a therapist one mm-hmm. where he just like sits there and he's like how are you feeling mm-hmm 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 yeah, I, I can understand feeling that way right now. So, <laughs> do, is that our podcast? Should we do that instead? All right. Yeah, the bonus We're, material. Just, yeah. uh, just <laughs> nice, still buffering therapy for y'all. y'all. Uh, speaking of bonus material, uh, Taylor, I believe you're referencing the Max Fun Drive. Uh, yes, that was the plan along was what I did there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was such a smooth transition into a brief mention of the Max Fun Drive right now. We'll get into it a little more later, but we did want to remind you that right now we have uh, we have the Max Fun Drive going on. We delayed it for a while. It's finally here uh, because we are an audience supported network, an audience supported show. Uh, and we- that's that's you. Yes. To the audience. Yes. Thank you, Riley. That if you are listening, then you're mm-hmm. the, the audience. Yes. If you're doing the podcast, then you're... We're not... The, I'm not... I'm listening to you right now, though. So am I... What am I? I don't... If you're doing the podcast, does that make you the podcast? Are we the podcast? These are existential questions <laughs> that you can find the answer to on shows like Still Buffering and others on the Maximum Fun Drive. <laughs> An audience-supported network which means that you help make the content that we hope you enjoy because we enjoy making it for you. Um, and if that's something you want to do right now, maximumfund.org forward slash join is a way to become a member, become a part of our family, help us keep making this stuff that uh, we, we love to do and we think you enjoy. And it's a great time to do that if you can, if you're in a position to become a monthly member uh, because we give you gifts uh, right now. And there are different levels. People give $5 a month, $10 a month. There are other levels. Whatever works for you. If it's something you can do, you're comfortable doing, uh, we really appreciate it. It's It helps us keep making shows and make our sound better, make our equipment better. Uh, it gives us the time to be able to create more content that, that uh, we think you enjoy. And um, anyway, we'll, we'll tell you more about the gifts and, and all the other ways you can become a member right now. But uh, in the meantime, MaximumFun.org forward slash join thank you for that very smooth transition Ty. yeah that's what, that just, what i do i do smooth things that the smoothest transition in the history <laughs> that, of this podcast in, in response to me calling you smooth <laughs> you just said the least smooth thing a person can say oh, that's what I? I do smooth <laughs> things that's what i do i don't know would you know how to judge smooth things not smooth, Sydney. No, that's fair. I have no idea. There we go. Does that make you like what? Rough? Is that the opposite of smooth? Bumpy. Bumpy. Uh, 
when I was in college for a while, this is sort of tangentially related. My uh, friends for a while tried to get a nickname going for me. Oh, no. Um, Rawhide. <laughs> what? Be- I don't. Do I want to? I don't know if I want to know. Why? Because I used to dry shave a lot. Oh. And I didn't. It didn't bother That's my uncomfy. skin. I have very insensitive skin, apparently, mm-hmm. because I could do that. That like, is the lamest way you could possibly earn that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And it did not stick, thank goodness. I was like, oh, no, I don't. Mm-mm, no, I do not appreciate this. Yeah, please no, not Please that. no. Wow. Oh, uh, but oh, it was... Rawhide Sid. It was, it was true when uh, back in the times, back in the before times when one could travel, I would do that when we were backpacking. Mm-hmm. Not, in, not like around other... Sure. Taurus when we were off the beaten path having those real <laughs> adventures yeah I, I just whip out my razor and shave my uh, legs on the side of the road real quick and my friends would that's horrible yes what? look at me in horror I'm really glad that it's increasingly like I mean it should never not have been socially acceptable but I feel like more people are comfortable not shaving their legs or pits or whatever these days because the idea of like what if you're doing it to make other people comfortable or whatever like you're butchered legs that have been dry shaven and are bleeding yeah that is far more disturbing should be to anybody than some naturally occurring leg hair uh i would fair although i will say if you are someone who chooses to shave anything and you are in a position like sydney and you uh you need to shave uh, out in the wild i i don't know as they they make they make little shavers now that have the water and the cream in the razor I've, so you yeah. squeeze it and you shave and it's all in one thing i've seen those I, and they also make so i always bought the cheapest blades and then one time <laughs> charlie was like get the pink ones and i was like oh, pink ones have like fancy stuff in them and she was like but they're pink and i oh, whatever i do not want to argue that's fine mm-hmm. i'll get the pink i'll treat myself i'll get the pink ones get the pink but ones. the pink ones have this little cushion of like gel yep. with stuff in it so like if you just get it wet you don't have to use anything with that. It's yeah. very soothing. I used that this morning, actually. My legs are very soothed. Although I will say, with how little I've left the house, I've very rarely shaved yeah, that's my true. underarms or my legs. Yeah. What's the point? I was inspired by you, Tay, actually. I, I, I went for a while and shaved a lot less because I was like, you know. Are you inspired why do I need because, to do this? because I haven't been shaving? Well, I had noticed once before that you didn't shave as frequently as I did, and I was inspired. I, yeah, now, I've just given up on it now. Not given up. I've just decided I don't need that. Because I was always somebody that would just do it because I felt I had to do it, but I'd do it in the last minute before leaving my house begrudgingly, and then I'd be like, I don't, this is worse. Now I'm yeah. itchy, and um, this is worse. This is worse for mm-hmm. me, so I don't really care about how the rest of you feel about it, because it's worse for me. <laughs> it's well, my body. I- I think that is absolutely true. You should shave if you want to and don't if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that probably doing it on the side of the road is weird. In that is, a, I think, ex- especially like just from a hygienic point of view, you know, like you, sometimes you cut yourself when you shave. I don't think you want to yeah. be out in the wilderness. Knowing, knowing Sydney, though, I have to ask, was there ever a moment when you were doing it where like maybe you didn't necessarily have to at that moment, but you were like, think about how adventurous and how like how I wild this makes me shaving this by the side of the road 
that that's part of youth is doing th- <laughs> doing things for the story is part of <laughs> I would I agree it, with that but that is a very specific story that you were you were courting there <laughs> I like to cultivate a very specific image of myself in the minds of everyone who ever knew me which is uh, wilderness Sid <laughs> rawhide somewhat, un- somewhat uncivilized <laughs> all rawhide <laughs> oh rawhide <laughs> I was never I was never quite comfortable in the human world <laughs> just <laughs> one with one with nature one with nature this is I that's true I've I've taken this time to return to my natural roots become closer to the earth Shower you less. A, you have a garden. You have a. There we go. I don't know. I, I think it, I think nature sees you shaving on the side of the road and is like, "What are you doing? <laughs> don't do that here. We don't this, do that. I'm not here. for this. <laughs> I just. I like to think of myself as a hardy sort. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know someone's hardy when they tell you that's they are of the hardy sort. That's it. Real crossing the plains type material over real, there. Real Oregon Trail, that one. No, no dysentery, that one. <laughs> you know, that's a very specific aesthetic. You are right, Sid. Uh, <laughs> then it's mine. Be who you want to be. And if that's the modern iteration of a uh, pioneer that could survive the Oregon Trail, then that's fine. You be you. Whatever that means to you. I also have medical skills. They're there too. Between <laughs> where where. Those are actually useful. That's um I don't have any way to talk about Weezer after this. No, there is <laughs> well, no I think clean you just did. I think well, you know, Weezer definitely uh does what they want to do, um, sometimes to bizarre results. Uh that's uh, true. Yeah. So I brought I mean, I, I brought this up for for my week, but Sid, I think it definitely it's just as much a you thing as it is me. Um mm-hmm. uh the band Weezer, they started in uh LA in like ninety two. Um they have been releasing albums ever since. Uh they're still actively releasing albums. The the lineups changed a few times, but it's always centered around uh Rivers Cuomo, the mm-hmm. lead lead singer, main writer, lead guitar for the most part. He switched off at some point, but yeah. Um, and pretty, pretty kind of I- iconic, like impactful band of the the late '90s and early 2000s. Can I tell you? This is embarrassing. This is an embarrassing story. As if, oh. the, as if I haven't already embarrassed myself enough yeah. today. <laughs> uh, the Taylor, I have a very I don't know why. Probably because I felt embarrassed at the time. You know how sometimes if you have a memory that's embarrassing, yeah. it sticks with you better. Uh, I have um, mine cataloged alphabetically for instant recall in my head at all times. And then yeah. sometimes they just pop back in and I just feel that secondhand embarrassment all over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've, I've got those. Uh, this is one, it's not as, it's not, it was just you and me, so it's not like terribly embarrassing, but I do remember being embarrassed, so that's probably why it stuck with me. You and I, you you introduced me to Weezer. Yes. There is There is an ex-boyfriend who would probably like to claim that, but it was not. The ex-boyfriend. That ex-boyfriend liked to claim a lot of music that I had already put in front of your face. That is true. That is true. Uh, You were the one who first told me about Weezer. And I still remember we were in my purple neon. (laughs) Old old nano. Mm -hmm. Old nano. 
And I don't know if you had it on a burn CD or if we were going in the house for you to play it for me, but you said there's a have you heard the song by that band Weezer uh, called Say It Ain't So? And I said, yeah, I've heard that song. And you were like, you should listen to them. They're really good. And I was like, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that song's great. And you were like, yeah, it is. It's a great song. And I was like, do you mean that one that's like, say it ain't so, I will not go. Turn the light. <laughs> and you were like, no, no, no. <laughs> Which, to be fair, that's Blink-182. And I don't, I, I don't mind. I like Blink-182. I was, I, I would say at the time, the, the funny the funny level to that story, Sid, is, is that at the time, I definitely liked Blink-182, but I was too cool to admit it. So... <laughs> Mm. Well, and that's what I remember was the judgment of like, are you singing a Blink-182 song? <laughs> and I am talking about a Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that judgment and feeling like, oh, not that? No, I don't know what you're talking about. No, never mind. It's just a different. I, I, I don't know that song. I don't know. But then you played it for me and it was great. D- definitely and not Blink-182. That's true. Very different. Very different tone. <laughs> Cause, cause then, cause then, a uh, certain ex boyfriend gave me that gave me a mixtape with uh, the world has turned on it, and was like, "Hey, this is by a band called Weezer. They're great." And I was like, "I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have been introduced to Weezer. <laughs> they sing a song called Say It Ain't So.' And did you know it's not the same one <laughs> as Blink One Eighty Two's?" That was my uh, that was my introduction to Weezer, and I fell in love. I fell in love with the Blue Album. I fell in love with it. Oh, that- I uh, good. Yeah, I have similar memory, except being in a car with Sydney and Justin at some point when I was probably no older than like I don't know seven or eight, mm-hmm. and you saying, "Riley, have you heard Weezer before?" <laughs> and I said, "What?" And you said, you know, like the two songs on Rock Band that we sing a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's how a lot of people were introduced. Yeah. That's fair. And Either I, that or the Muppets. So. You said, Buddy Holly and Say It Ain't So. Those were mm-hmm. two of your go-to Rock Band songs. And I said, yeah, I've I've heard you sing those before. So then you played, I guess, what was the Blue Album mm-hmm. probably at that point. Um, but I, yeah. I felt like the Blue Album was the most accessible for people who were unfamiliar with mm-hmm. Weezer. Yeah. And so that, and it was, although I don't know, Taylor, you and I may be on different sides of this debate. I was also in the Blue Album is Better camp. Uh, well, okay. So and I, I should explain what that means. It, it, a lot of older Weezer fans tend to stop thinking Weezer albums matter after like, when did, when did the pink, I mean, Green Album came out in 2001. So that was the first album that didn't matter, I guess. It's really just Blue and Pinkerton. Like, that's it. Like, yes. there was the Blue Album, there was Pinkerton, and everything after that was trash. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Um, and I think that was a really kind of damaging idea to the band as a whole. But uh, I I do still think that they're, may, they're arguably the two best albums. Uh, and I, don't, I would agree. I don't know. I mean, Pinkerton is, it's it's dark, it's heavy, it's sad, it's weird, it's creepy. It, it Through a modern lens, it's kind of creepy, some of the songs. Um, but I... I used to, oh, I mean, I I, th- I still think I prefer it. I still think I follow Pinkerton to Blue, but I do think that Blue Album is the more enjoyable sing-along-in-your-car-with-your-friends album. Well, and it definitely, like, made the pop culture impact, I would say, the way that... It's weird, because I was listening to both, and I was thinking about, like, 
the blue album has uh i would say it's catchier yeah it's hookier you know so you can see where like it, you could hear a song on the radio back yeah. then people heard songs on the radio <laughs> what <laughs> and and you would hear those songs and be like hey what's that i gotta hear that again mm-hmm. and plus they made like uh, the buddy holly music video stuck with me. oh it's great yeah it's uh it's it's riley's just staring it's the blank. uh it's weezer playing on the set of happy days right and they've mm-hmm. spliced it in so it looks like it's part of an episode of happy days like it's really well done and it's just really cute and charming and funny Go ahead. Ask. No, no, Go ahead. No, ask the question. No, no, Go ahead. I don't want to. No. It's okay. It predates us, too. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, I know what Happy Days is from, like, Nick at Night reruns. Yeah, I don't know what that that's is. That's okay. what Riley was about to say. What's Happy Days? Riley, it is It is not, like, a thing that I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna okay. to let, let Jen nah. Z off the hook on knowing what Happy Days is. No, this was one of those there is moments no reason. <laughs> that I try to be prepared to avoid on this show where I don't know something that I should know as a, I don't know. There is one thing, one something. cultural osmos thing you may know from Happy Days, which is Fonzie. Yes. That's that okay. character, yes. the cool guy. I who actually could, do like, know that. Hit the jukebox and make it work again. Mm-hmm. That's, he's from Happy Days. Okay. It's an old TV show. Okay. Yeah. I, it predate. I never watched Happy Days. Yeah. That is where the expression "jump the jump the shark" came from. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but that's the no. whole other thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> where this is this episode is not about happy days. It's about <laughs> well, I wasn't complicated, own... awkward days of youth. Easy. But it it was a cool it was a cool music video because it made it look like they were playing for the cast of Happy Days. Oh, okay. And cool. It was and in the song, I mean, it's talking about Buddy Holly, mm-hmm. so it's like that time period. Sure. So it you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was cool. And the song was very catchy. And uh, that, Say It Ain't So, and the sweater song and were the ones, I would say, like, made big splashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, the whole, like, the Blue Album as a whole, like, it, it really cemented itself as one of those, like, because, I mean, the, like, you know, in the world of, like, where Weezer sits, like, kind of punk, it's kind of emo, but, like, when emo doesn't, didn't mean what it became, like, in mm-hmm. the 2000s, you know? Like, it's just that it's its very own artifact, and it's just deeply nerdy, and it's kind of weird, and I think that's why, it, like, the Blue Album spoke to so many people, because it was just, it was, I mean, the fact that they made a music video set in Happy Days, it's like, it was not concerned with being cool. In fact, it was highly concerned with not being cool. <laughs> yes. Yes, and there, I mean, it, and it, it really, you know, it's weird. I don't know if Weezer can take full credit, but I know that they are at least in part responsible for like the way I dressed for a long time. And I would say there was like that they were part of that look, which was sort of that nerd rock look that was like, I wore skinny jeans and Chuck Taylors. I started wearing my glasses more instead of contacts and like ironic Mm t-shirts. And it was very much a dress down thing. Well, this style then carried further into your life because this is, that is how I would describe your style from how I remember you from yeah. most of my young most of my young life. Still? I, sometimes? Maybe still? I I mean, I wear overalls a lot these days. That's but, true. <laughs> but the 90s are back also, so. So overalls are great. Yeah, it, de- yeah. it definitely wasn't the first band to have that aesthetic, but it's definitely the one that's most, I think, iconically possessing that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was always fun. I went to a lot of Weezer concerts when I was younger. 
And the audience at a Weezer show was always great because, like... <laughs> you knew what show you were at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you never doubted. There was no... Also, there was no rule. You know how you're not supposed to wear the band t-shirt to the show? Yeah. I mean, you could do whatever you want. When I say not supposed to, I mean, like... That was, like, the cool concert rule. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, not at a Weezer show. No. Nope. <laughs> You wear your Weezer shirt to yeah. show, like, I'm actually a fan. Look at the other concert that I attended. <laughs> yeah, it was more about wearing a more obscure Weezer shirt than everybody else. Yes. Like, wear a shirt from a tour that's slightly older than what everybody else's shirts are. Exactly, exactly. So, like, that, because that was the nerd angle to it, yeah. right? And there was, and I will say, like, it was so, I thought it was so cool. Well, in general, I thought it was cool because I was going to a concert and I was sure. young. But, like, I thought it was so cool because I was at a Weezer show. And also, people would want to dance, and everybody. I feel like there were enough of us who were just nerdy enough to dance. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you dance to Weezer while you're standing in like a stadium at sure. a concert? You kind shoulders. of bop, a lot of shoulders, <laughs> you, kinda, you know. You do some shoulders <laughs> and you jump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you jump up and down, which is, I mean, you're pogoing the classic punk rock dancing, but it's by people that are not. I mean. Punk, there's a slight differential between Weezer dancing and, and punk rock dancing. <laughs> and you hold your hands up in a W that, a lot. That's the thing, yeah. <laughs> well, but it was it was so like, everybody was looking around like, is this, a, and everybody's doing the same nerdy stuff. So it's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I got it. Well, and when, <laughs> it. when we got into Weezer, it was the, it was like right at the end of the 90s, early 2000s. So like in that time frame, Blue and Pink were already out. We slightly, very slightly got into it before the Green Album, because when the Green Album came yeah. out, like, I would think I was, like, my sophomore year, maybe fresh, like, in freshman, sophomore year, like 2001, um, and, uh, like, that, because I remember thinking, like, oh, I just got into this band, and now they have another album out, not realizing the idea that, like, Weezer fans had been waiting a, a long time on another Weezer album after Pinkerton, because right. what happened between Blue and, and Pinkerton, it's like, they kind of, like, had a whole sort of... Like, Rivers Cuomo went to Harvard for a little while and, like, went into a, a kind of a dark place, like, started writing, like, a space rock opera that he never finished, and then Pinkerton came out of this, and Pinkerton was panned. Critics did yes. not like Pinkerton. It was declared one of the, like, you know, readers in Rolling Stones, I think it was Rolling Stones, voted it one of the worst albums of the year. Like, it was just brutalized. And and it's an album that, like, you know, we talked about, it's, it's weird, it's creepy, but it's also very vulnerable. It's an incredibly hurt vulnerable album um and so weezer kind of like fell apart for a while after that like uh it was so coming back in 2001 with the green album was it was you know it wasn't just a nice continual stream of pumping out albums it was after a pretty big traumatic failure on pinkerton's part like by then pinkerton was already come back and was now revered as like a fan favorite but sure um i want to get into a little more about Pinkerton and then the albums that came after, especially eventually the Teal album. <laughs> you really want to talk about the Teal album? <laughs> uh, I love the Teal album. Um, but before we do that, let's check the group message. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you all about this week on the group message are my pants. Uh, tell us about <laughs> your pants. <laughs> tell us about your pants. <laughs> my pants from Beta Brand. Uh, the thing is, when you know when you're a, a rugged outdoors person like me but like also old rawhide like all rawhide but also you're a mom but also you're a doctor 
you got to have clothes that can get you through the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, and also someday I will return to going out to dinner and places like that for stylish nights out uh, someday. Uh, but you need pants that are flexible, that are comfortable, that look professional and stylish, but also you can move around in. And Beta Brands dress pants, yoga pants have you covered. They're not yoga pants. They just feel like yoga pants. But they look and are dress pants. Yes. So it's like a disguise. Yeah. You are you are disguised as a stylish profession professional, but secretly it's like a fun secret comfy. for you. <laughs> you are yeah. comfortable. Yes, that's right. Beta brand has that covered. I have worn uh, beta Bra- beta brand dress pant yoga pants to work for a long time and at home, um, and in my my whole my whole life, the whole spectrum. Uh, long before I talked about them on the show, uh, they combine customer experiences with their expertise to make workwear that's as functional, comfortable, and inspiring as your favorite workout gear. They're made of wrinkle-resistant, stretch-knit fabric, and it's really true. I, I usually, I used to be in a hurry to get out of my dress clothes at the end of a work day just because I was so uncomfortable. I hated the stuff that I felt like I had to wear to work until Beta Brand Dress Paint Yoga Pants, and then I felt comfortable getting home and, you know, rolling around on the floor with my kids and hanging out and cooking dinner and doing whatever um, because I was still comfortable. So, uh... Right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when they go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. Find out why people are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants at betabrand.com slash buffering for 25% off. Now, there is more. All right. <laughs> Thank Speaking of smooth transitions, but Taylor, did you teach Riley that? <laughs> now one? more words happen. <laughs> there are more. I want to talk about the Max Fun Drive more. Right. Thank you. Talk about the Max Fun Drive. Um, I want to. I want to talk about some of the cool, cool gifts we have. That's right. Right now, if you join, uh, at become a monthly donating member, you get a gift. Yes. Um. So first off, five dollars a month, you get. All the cool bonus content on Max Fun. That's not just this year. That's not just our show or just the shows you listen to. That is every Maximum Fun show's history of all bonus content from all Max Fun drives past. We have um, what we did a um, My Sister, My Sister and Me type mm-hmm. advice episode one year. We did D&D with our mom last year. Um I think that's what we're doing again this year. We're going to play more D&D with our mom. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you get all of that also for all shows, not just ours. There, there's over 200 hours of that's bonus so many content. hours. That's so many hours. Don't listen to it all at once. No. <laughs> I mean, you might um, have the time right now. So. Well, we all, yeah. We, we have lots of time. It's true. You do you. Um, and then $10 a month, I think, is my favorite tay will you talk about the ten dollar a month gift Uh, because yeah the ten dollar a month gift is super cool uh it's our enamel pin um it's uh it's just so cool it's like a leather or it's a denim jacket with our logo on the back and some cool patches it's very stylish uh and it was designed by Megan Lynn Cott so super cool design uh I might be biased but I think it's the coolest I also think it's the coolest, yeah. but if there are others you like more, there's one for every Max Fun show, and you, you get to pick whichever pick one like. you want. 
there are higher levels of support if you're in a position to give at $20 a month or more. Um, whatever you can give, we are so grateful for. If you're already a member, if you're already donating, thank you yes. for doing that. Uh, you, you're, The money you donate goes directly to the shows that you love. You get to click which shows you listen to when you sign up or when you upgrade. Um, so if you're listening to us and you click our show, part of that money goes directly to us to help us keep uh, making stuff that we we hope you enjoy. Um, you can also, uh, one great thing to know is there is a boost feature mm-hmm. um, that you can do right now. If you, let's say you're, you're giving it like the $5 a month level and you're not quite in a position to go up to $10 a month, but you do want to give a little bit more to the shows you enjoy and to help support the content you love, um, you can boost a dollar or two. You know, you yeah. don't you don't have to necessarily jump up a whole next level. It doesn't make you eligible for the gifts, but you are helping uh, to participate in the drive and, and helping us make the stuff that we think you like. Um, and uh, we just want to thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for helping. Thank you for donating. Thank you for sharing our show or telling a friend if you're not in a position to donate right now. But you tell somebody about us. That helps us out. Absolutely. So uh, if that is something you want to do, MaximumFun.org slash join is the place to go right now right now if you want (laughs) uh now tay i you know i listened to pinkerton most recently again because i was always on the blue album side of things because i feel like as i was listening to him and thinking about it the blue album was like like it hits you at one level and i feel like it kind of stays there like all the songs are catchy, hooky. They're, you know, it keeps you at a high energy level. I mean, it might drop it a little bit, but it picks you right back up. I can see why something like Pinkerton, which I feel like kind of has more ups and downs mm-hmm. to it, would not do as well. But Pinkerton does definitely take you on more of an emotional journey. And uh, it's weird to me that the themes of Pinkerton didn't connect more with listeners in the 90s. It's a it's a lot of like sad lonely guy <laughs> <laughs> kind of content, you know. You know, I think because because there's a lot of sad lonely guy, but it's like the harmless sad lonely guy that deserves good things but doesn't get it. That's on the blue album. Pinkerton is a weird, angry, sad creep, and I think that it's the reason it has longevity is because people recognize it that 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 there was there were things they connected to there, but maybe they didn't like it. I. I know that's kind of how I felt about it. I think that there was a lot of ugliness in Pinkerton and confusion and weirdness that is true, but maybe, you know, you don't want to recognize. And that it's, to me, they almost operate as, like, two sides of the same, like, archetypal nerd, you know? Like, the, mm-hmm. the blue album and the pink album, where it's like, oh, I'm so harmless, and I just make music in my garage, and I'm lovable. But it's like, yeah, but I'm also insecure, and I'm angry about those insecurities, and I'm blaming other people for them, and I'm weird, and I think about weird things. Like, I think that they're just, they they both resonate with people, but Pinkerton is a bit more, resonates with your, your dark side, your shadow self. <laughs> I can see that. Did you in, did you come across any songs from Pinkerton as you were listening, Riley? Um, I actually think I just listened to the, blue album okay now that i'm looking at the songs i listen to because like everything i would look up like what did most popular weezer songs yeah most listen to weezer songs they were all you know the ones that are the catchy most well-known ones from the blue album you didn't come across any green album there i'm sure mm-hmm. you i'm sure you've heard songs off the green probably album. uh 
I would have to think Island in the Sun. Yes, it was in a, it was in a Mary Kate yes. Ashley Olsen movie. So I would imagine that that's about the right age for you to listen to Island in the Sun. <laughs> yes, was I that? actually I did hear ones off the Green album, but it's hard because when I turn on like Spotify, what's most listened to? I just kind of listened to the songs, and I didn't. I should have taken note of what albums they were it, from. It is well, no, it's okay. I'm just interested because it it is weird. Like the Blue album was like it wasn't hard, but it was cool. The pink album was a little harder, and it was cool. And then the green album came out, and they did the... Was it Keep Fishing, where they had the Muppets in their video? Uh, was that the one? The, or was it Island in the Sun? No, the Muppets were... Um, I Because I thought this was... I thought the Muppets were like a green album song, too, but it was actually later. I just looked at that. Uh, was it later? I didn't realize that. It's not. I, I wanted to. Say, is it Keep Fishing? That's what I thought. Is that not a green? It's not album green song? album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It ah. Uh, Keep Fishing is is it Maladroit? Keep wow, Fishing okay, is Maladroit. Yeah. I was surprised. Uh, looking back at like what I remembered, my favorite songs. So many of the more recent songs I had attributed just to the green album, and there are a lot of songs of Make Believe and Maladroit that I would say worked their way into like my favorite like most listenable weezer songs but yeah keep fishing was, well, they, was a ballad right they came out back to back didn't they 2001 2002 like dope nose was on ballad yeah yeah they came out right after each other and beverly hills was on make believe which wasn't until i know well and then pork and beans was the red album which was you know the red album was a whole other thing uh yeah they came out with an album like like between the what was that so 96 for pinkerton and then 2001 for green album but then after the Green Album, they pumped out an album every couple of years. Um, and, and the big thing that happened with, with that, the return, I'd say, of, you know, with the Green Album is that the people that loved arguing over which album was better, the blue or the pink, and had, you know, held Weezer to such high esteem, really had a problem with the Green Album. Like, it, yes. it was commercial. It was... You know, I remember people saying it's a repeat of the Blue Album. They just did what worked because they were they didn't want to go down the road that like Pinkerton opened up, and it, like it was really harsh. But I think that's kind of it's one of those great cultural examples of something that we now understand as just something that happens. But maybe it was the one of the biggest occurrences of it, where something's special and it's nerdy and we love it and it's ours, and then when suddenly a bunch of other people find out about it, we have to hate it because. It mm-hmm. the fact that now it's everybody else's it's sold out and like, I think Weezer the Green album was their sellout album which uh. <laughs> you know you know and it's it's a weird concept that Riley I I would wonder if that kind of idea still exists in that way the idea that when you become popular you've automatically sold out um, I don't know that because like that really was a thing for a while where like. As long as a band wasn't very popular and they weren't selling out giant auditoriums and they weren't making a ton of records, when it was just like they're barely getting by, they were cool. And then as soon as they became very popular, everybody was like, sell out. See, I think, <laughs> I think the music I grew up being exposed to and listening to the most of my generation, I think was kind of an opposite wave of music. I mean, I think about like all the various young teen pop stars and boy bands and stuff that Mm -hmm. that i was listening to in like middle school um all of them were popular because they were so popular like everyone had like the the posters and the t-shirts and the cds and it was like 
you wanted to know all the stuff that everyone knew. You didn't want to be the one that knew this one thing that no one else knew. It was like, no, you also just got the Taylor Swift CD that came out this mm-hmm. weekend. And you also had like had the little book that came with it to know all the lyrics to every single song because then you knew a music video would come out and then she'd go on tour and then everyone would go to the concert. And it was like, that was what was popular growing up for me was everything that was super popular. And it was almost weirder to like things that weren't not weirder but just it was more uncommon to find people that were listening to artists that weren't the most popular well but you also grew up in the age where nerd culture had become mainstream and like cool because that was the big i think that's the thing that really happened between our generations is you know even like like look at like you know weezer was kind of emblematic of like nerd rock but all everything around that comic books and like anime and like all that stuff by the time like your generation came along it was cool and that was hard across the board i think for our generation of like we were the nerds like we were picked on or made fun of or whatever but this was the cool stuff that we loved that represented us and now everybody likes it now it's Mm -hmm. everywhere i don't like that like you know i don't i think that was a big adjustment period accepting that our nerd culture went mainstream and and that you know that meant everything sold out so to speak it it well and i mean i i think you really saw like the <laughs> it was the transition of hot topic <laughs> from like the store that like oh i don't shop at those stores i'm not i i wouldn't shop at the limited or yeah. whatever i shop at hot topic like because i'm different i'm right. unique and i'm into other stuff to the point where it's like Oh, did you get that at Hot Topic? Everybody got that at Hot Topic. Like yeah. everybody shops at Hot Topic. Well, because like, then everything started being like a Hot Topic thing. I mean, it was yes. like, oh my gosh, everything Doctor Who or Adventure Time or Harry Potter even is just like all of it is just that's Hot Topic stuff. And then you think about like, does that mean that this stuff is supposed to be like the more niche <laughs> stuff? Because mm-hmm. it's not. But also like, is it supposed to be the nerd culture stuff? Because everyone likes it. Well, yeah. So yeah, it is that more accepting wave of just like yeah, everyone's into what you would call nerd culture. I suppose. And even with like the hot topic thing, because for me, maybe, I, I think I was I was deeper in the the pretentious nerd group, I guess, for a lot of my youth, because it's like <laughs> buying a new band T-shirt was lame. It's like, well, then where do you get one? I don't know. You just have to have one. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like if you buy one new and it looks new, then you're kind of lame. I Now that I'm like in my 30s and I have like my old gross band t-shirts and they finally look, I guess, the way they're supposed to look, I'm like, well, that that was a lot of effort to get it an old shirt. <laughs> it Well, I mean, it's true, though. Not even like all clothes were like that. I mean, I remember going to like Goodwill and searching forever for old shirts. Like mm-hmm. I, I would go with my with my friends to thrift stores and whatever to look for just old random t-shirts. That mm-hmm. was the thing. Like a t-shirt where you're like, what does that mean? Or what is that from? And you're like, I don't know, but it's from like the 70s, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, Whoa. it's so old. How cool. <laughs> like anything old and weird was like, whoa, that's so... yeah quirky you know it's that kind of that that i mean it's it's just is what it is it was the ironic hipster culture that really proliferated and like its roots were in the 90s but i think it it was birthed from that reaction to a lot of that culture going mainstream and just that well we have to be even more obscure we have to be even more obscure now it's like just at some point i hope i hope other people gave up because i certainly did i was like i'm just gonna like the things i like i guess but 
And what's funny, because comparing this to Weezer, is Weezer made the Green Album because I think it was, to, to me, now in retrospect, felt like a return to form. Like, oh, this is the kind of music that people like. It's it's, it's peppy. It's fun. It, it gets a little metal sometimes, which is cool. But like, and that's what they've continued to do. Like, they go off in, in experimentations, definitely. Like, the Red Album is very experimental. But there's been, mm-hmm. there was continual pushback. You know, there are always, every new Weezer album, there's another think piece by some pretentious music writer about when will Weezer stop? It's like, they're just doing their thing, man. And they're not, after yeah. I think having, putting your heart on a table, you know, with Pinkerton and serving it up and having it trashed, and then turned back around five years later and everyone's like, no, now we like it. Like, maybe they just kind of went, eh, we're just going to make music that we like. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Well, and I mean, I think the fact that they're still able to make music and still have a career as Weezer speaks to the fact like people like it. And Mm -hmm. it it is one of those things where like everything starts to get there was such a clear delineation in those first three albums and everything kind of starts to get fuzzy to me, which also that's not reflective of the quality of music. Part of that is reflective of the way we uh, take in music now. Sure. We don't a lot of us buy CDs. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I absorbed the first three albums as individual distinct experiences because I was buying physical CDs to listen to them and I would put them in my CD player Mm -hmm. in my room or in my car and then listen to that album until I got tired of listening to that at that moment and put a different album in. Whereas now, like... You, you listen to Spotify. Well, yeah, that's exactly why I didn't know what albums any of them came from. I was like, well, here are their, you know, the top songs, the ones everyone loves. I didn't, I didn't even look and see what album they were from. And that's a tough transition from a time when, like, looking at music as an album, as a piece of art, like that album having a statement was so important. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I feel like that's less and less. I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. There yeah. are certainly albums that come out where the entire album is the thing. But well, there are also just lots of songs that yeah. come out where the song, the, they're just a collection of songs yeah. that you might enjoy that are coming together at this moment. They might have a loose thread, sure. but like, uh, you know, it used to th- it used to be that an album had to be cohesive. Yeah. And nowadays it, it's not as necessary. Well, I think it's good. I think especially now with albums, it's more like, well, this is what the next tour is going right. to be. If I want to see this popular artist mm-hmm. in concert... They just came out with this album. They're going to go on tour next year. This is what their show is going to be listening to this album. There'll be a few other popular songs in there, but like this is what they're going to be doing. And I think that's why probably they don't, and I'm not a musician, but it Mm -hmm. seems like albums, it doesn't matter as much just listening to them, what their cohesive element is. It's like, well, think about all these songs together, Mm -hmm. all these individual great pieces of music all in one like experience. Because that's how musicians make money now. Mm -hmm. And... Well, that's like, I think it's because if you really look at like those top songs, like they all feel very similar, you know, that like the hits off mm-hmm, each album yeah. all kind of have that same they're they're infectious, like they're absolute earworms. You know, the hook is great. I mean, that's something that Rivers Cuomo is like, just, I think, masterful at. He can he can design yes. a riff and a hook. It's just something that's like, oh, God, I'm going to be thinking about that all day. Uh, but like they, they all like. So it's not like they're really going through all these changes, all these like stuff that's applied to the band about these, you know, like these different pieces of work as albums. But when you pull off the hits on all of them, it's like they're just consistently producing the similar but good work. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's no massive change. It's funny because it, it the same sort of dialogue, I think, exists around Green Day as like seminal punk band. And then, oh, now they're sellouts because they keep producing, I don't know, likable music. 
It's like I, like, I yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that that down that's the that was always the problem with that like sort of ethos. So is it like down down that road lies an eventuality where you can't like anything because if anyone else likes the thing you like, then it's oh they're a sellout and sure. it's too popular and it's mainstream or whatever. Like that's the eventual end of that thought process is I don't like anything because. If it is worth liking by one person, it is probably worth liking by two people. And yeah. now everybody likes it. And so, I, you know, it just doesn't work. Like, just like the like the stuff you like. <laughs> well, you know what I hadn't realized was Weezer had done a song that I had listened to many times. It was a cover of a song that I listened to many times. And I don't think it ever registered that, oh, that was also Weezer. I knew that, but I hadn't really thought about it was um, the cover of lost in the woods from frozen 2 oh, yeah <laughs> that's on the whole album you have all the covers done by all the the bands and popular yeah. singers and everything they did that song which is like my favorite song from the whole movie i was looking back through their discography i was like oh my gosh that was them i i knew it was them but i hadn't thought like oh that oh, was yeah. weezer <laughs> great too well yep. it's also yeah it's great i, I mean speaking um, of covers sid the teal <laughs> album the teal album i the thing that I loved about the Teal album so much is that it wasn't, it was all covers and they're, you know, they're covers done pretty true to the songs. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, they're not necessarily like a new interpretation of it. Yeah. yeah. It's just the songs. Um, and I, for me, it was the collection of songs they chose felt like personal and I couldn't, I mean, why? I mean, I don't know Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> They'd, I don't know any of them. They weren't for me. Why did they feel that way? And it felt very much like when someone would make you a mixtape. Mm -hmm. And you may have heard every song on that mixtape already. You may already enjoy every song on them. I mean, like, in this case, pretty much every song on the Teal album I already liked. Mm -hmm. Africa's one of my favorite songs. Well, <laughs> um, do, you, do you know how the... I mean, I, I guess how the Teal album was born, but that Africa cover, do you, do you know the story behind that? I thought it was just like somebody wanted him it, to. It, there was like a yeah, it was like a whole online like trolling campaign to get Weezer to do a cover of Africa, and then Weezer came out with it. And in response, Toto did a cover of I think Buddy Holly and released it. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Really, Toto did a cover of one of their songs. Um, oh no, they they did a cover of Hashpipe. Sorry, Toto did a cover of Hashpipe. Oh, that's but funny. yeah so it was just something they were kind of like you know trolled into doing and then they're like well, let's just make a whole album out of this it well and it it's great it's it's one of my favorite songs anyway yeah and, and then it was great and then like I, I that's really what it felt like to me it felt like weezer and i, I think that is because i've had this like long relationship with the band <laughs> Well, I yeah, mean, I know you, mean. you know what I mean. I've had this. I've had this from a from a time in my life where I was young and impressionable. I've had this long relationship with Weezer. Uh, I feel like I've listened to some of the songs to know. I don't know exactly what your circumstances were when you wrote this, but I know it was intensely personal. I can tell sure. this was personal. I can tell this was. There's a whole story around this song that I don't know any of the details of, but I feel that it's there. Mm -hmm. And I feel that about them so much that I feel close to them. And so when this album came out, it felt like they sent out a mixtape and said, here are things that I care about and things that I love and I want to show them to you. And that, to me, is always so endearing. It's what makes yeah. mixtapes so endearing, right? Yeah. Here's, I love these things and now I want 
to show them to you. And there's something so intimate about that exchange. Maybe that's just a generational <laughs> thing, but I, I get it. I, yeah. I felt that about the Teal album. Like, here are these things that are that matter to me. They're like I'm opening my little secret treasure box to show you. Yeah. And I don't know. I just it really connected with me on that level. And yeah. I mean, they're they're good songs. They're just well, good. Yeah. I think yeah. that the, the bands struggle to like make the music they want to make and really kind of weed out all of the other stuff that was telling them what they should be, what's expected of them. I think that that's a parallel struggle that we all go through. And I think that's why so many of us related to it, you know, that there is that, that you come out the other side and you have to learn how to be yourself. I mean, there's one of their albums that they actually, uh, they release their like developing singles on the internet for fans to give feedback to. And this was their way, I think, of trying to like, well, we can't make them happy. So what if we make them a part of it? But then the, the, there was so there was no agreement from anybody that was interacting with their media, so they just threw it all out. We're like, never mind. No, you guys are bad at this. We're good at this. <laughs> but I think that's because to me, the song that really like meant a lot to me late in their later albums was off the Red album. Was the which it's the the only thing that they have actually ever won a Grammy for is the music video for Pork and Beans. Um, really, which came out in two thousand eight. Yeah. And it's it's a great video, right? I think you'd love it because it's a lot of early YouTube stars that yeah. they got in it. Um, oh. And it, they're, oh yeah, yeah I and they're not this. like cool yes. YouTubers, you know? They're like YouTube videos yeah. that we liked because the people were like we were equal parts kind of making fun of the people in the videos, but it was also like funny, like Chris Crocker, the leave Britney more alone of like a yeah person, like a viral video, not necessarily like a career yeah. youtuber yeah i guess i like that okay. so they have they bring all of these people on and like have them redo their their videos Very it's cool. a great video uh and then the song itself is literally just like you know i don't i'm gonna do the things that i want to do i don't have a thing to prove to you you know one looking in the mirror and i'm tickled pink i don't give a hoot i, I love that they say i don't give a hoot about what you think but it's very <laughs> much i feel like to me it felt like a kind of a a period on like all of that back and forth from the green album forward. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to do our stuff. <laughs> this is where we don't care. We're going to have fun. We're going to be weird. Some of you are going to not like it. Some of you will. This is just what we do. And I, I, I to me, that was yeah. like, I think around the same time that I was sort of coming to terms with my own, like I don't, I'll never be like, you know, obscure enough to pass the hipster obscurity test. And I'm fine with that because I'm going to just enjoy the things I enjoy. Yeah, I think that was a nice encapsulation of the story. <laughs> that what what you just said. I yeah. really do. I do think that's it, and I think that's the the lovable thing about Weezer is they that they come out the other end mm-hmm. still Weezer, and and yeah. I still love them. <laughs> and, and there there will always be people that will define themselves around not liking Weezer or having a problem with Weezer. But I'm just glad that I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you're when you're important enough as an artist, there will always be people who define themselves by their yeah. dislike for you. It's true. So, like, if you I get to, if you some at I some point that. have a career that leads you to get to perform with the Muppets, like you made it. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's true. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, when they perform with the Muppets, I always think of that as like people like, oh, Weezer used to be so cool, and now they're with the Muppets. And in my mind, I'm thinking. How the cool. Muppets are so cool. <laughs> like, that's when you've made it. You've made it when you get to hang with the Muppets. Yeah. Well, and they've also been part of some of the best, like, tours, I can think. I mean, for, for like, big name tours. But, like, that when they toured with uh, the Foo Fighters and it was the... Foozer. Foozer and Wee Fighters. 
I, I saw the Fuser tour. It was amazing. That's amazing. Oh, they traded off like who would open and who would close like at different yeah. shows. It was such a cool, such a cool idea. Yeah. Well, did when we they s- toured with Jimmy Eat World, a similarly impactful and lasting band. No, you know that tour. It was Jimmy Eat World and Tenacious D and Weezer. It was. That's who it the, was. What a great lineup. What a it was. specifically it was. I, late 90s, early 2000s lineup. I was. I'm, I shouldn't throw shade. I at the time I really enjoyed Jimmy Eat World Jim- and Tenacious D at the time, but well, it was a that was also a great show. But you know, Jimmy Eat World. I don't. I'm kind of so we're talking about, but like they had albums. But I mean, everyone was at a Bleed American was the big one that everybody knew. But like uh, they actually were were like underground darlings long before that, and mm-hmm. kind of had a similar problem where they went mainstream, but they had a dedicated fan base that liked them for not being mainstream. So. You know, they actually have a similar story, just on a smaller scale. Yeah. Riley's going, I have no idea what these. Mm-hmm. Tenacious D has Jack Black. Yes, I knew okay. that. All right. <laughs> I knew that one was the one with Jack Black. That's all I could tell you about them. But I knew that. Wow. <laughs> He's the Kung Fu Panda. Yes, he is. The, is, is that your <laughs> reference not how I knew Jack, Jack Black? <laughs> <laughs> I actually first saw him in School of Rock. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, we, enough, we made you enough. watch High Fidelity, so you, you see it there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Taylor, for, yeah. for letting us talk about Weezer. Yeah. I love Weezer. Thank you for listening to Weezer with me, joining me. I'm going to listen to more. Yes. Yeah. You should listen to Pinkerton and see what you think. I will. Riley, to see where you come down we'll update on next week. And, and, yeah. and watch that YouTube video. You, you'll, I will. That sounds great. It's on YouTube. That sounds silly, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what's next? So I'm next. Um, and I want to talk about Glee. It was one of my favorite shows. No joke. Like my first real obsession, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in TV growing up. And, um, unfortunately it's, it's been timely recently because of the, the passing of one of its main characters, Naya Rivera, but it is, it is still a beautiful, great show. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about it. All right. I think I think this is good. We we bring things to the show that are not everybody always loves. Well, no, but like so that's important. That's the point. <laughs> it, I like I I didn't like it because everyone loved it. It actually was one of the things that I love so much, and a lot of people I knew were like, "Why do you?" That's not. <laughs> but I it was it was it was truly an obsession for me. I was invested in it for a while. So yeah, I, I will I, say I, I did I did very much like it for a while, and yes. I kind of fell off. The important parts are I I would say in the first. Like three seasons. Yeah. Four seasons. But yeah. Well, all right. I've never seen an episode before. So <gasps> here, we, here we go. Whoa. Here we go. This is perfect. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I do not, Taylor, I do not know what you're going to think of Glee. I am so, <laughs> the only reason I can rewatch it now is because I've already seen it all. But to think about you watching it for the first time in 2020, oh my gosh, it's so good. All right, Tay, you're in for a ride. Oh, here man. we go. I, I know that there are covers, then there are, oh, so a many. High school. That's all. That, I know that that much, so let's just get into it. <laughs> uh, all right, real quick, wow. um, before we go, uh, I wanted to one more time remind you uh, that it is the Max Fun Drive, uh, the the one time of year where we come and say, hey, if you like what we do, uh, if you want to continue to support the content that um, you enjoy, please donate if you can. Please become a member if you can. Um, there are multiple monthly donation levels. Uh, whatever you can do is is a huge help. Five dollars, ten dollars. You can use the boost feature if you want to upgrade, but you can't upgrade all the way to the next level. 
to go somewhere in between that is all of it helps every little bit you do helps it helps us make the show make the show better make the show more consistently improve the quality of our show and the time we can put into the show um it's changed i know all three of our lives yeah um the donations the the members have have helped us absolutely all much so produce more stuff more art, more content, more things to put out. Survive the when the restaurant industry closes due to a pandemic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Literally helping Taylor survive. Thank you. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody who supports our show, for everybody who's a member. Thank you so much. If you can join right now, please do. MaximumFun.org slash join. Um, and if you can't, tell a friend about our show. Share a link. We're on you know, Twitter. What, yeah, we're on Still Twitter. Buff. At StillBuff. Or uh, you can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. But if you can tell a friend about our show, that helps us too. So mm-hmm. thank you for everything you do. And uh, thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I am too. Yeah, I hope you're ready to. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you didn't sing. Oh, do they, 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 they sing that song? Oh, oh yeah, they do. sing that song. Oh, no. Good song. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.